Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Hey, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com, the radio.com app? Welcome on into a massive pre NFL conference championship game show. Boy, I've been looking forward to this one. And we've got a, a real big show for you lined up. Robert Woods, we'll hear from him. I know you've heard this uh, throughout the day, but kind of stepping in it and saying some things that you fans out there, especially ones that are going to be at the Superdome, are going to want to hear. Maybe a little challenge issued to you. Also, how usually these conference championship games, and I briefly talked about this last night, but I want to dive into it more today, how Saints against the Rams could be as simple as the quarterback battle. And in fact, Really, in the NFC Championship games the past decade, it's been that simple. We'll see if that trend continues and get into that a little bit. Also, the Rams running at an old-school pace over the past few weeks, not just against Dallas, but really the past handful of weeks. Also, Scott Shanley will be on the program. We'll have Brian Baldinger. Two-minute drill because it's Friday. And Sports Libs all coming up. And your phone calls throughout the show at 504 260 and our text line is 870-870. But, best of all, back after a two-year hiatus at WWL, it's my friend and friend of the show, David Kahn, at SportsCon 4. He's in studio for the first two hours of the program. David, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Seth, it is a pleasure to be back here. It's uh, certainly a little weird to be back at WWL after a couple years off, but uh, it's it's a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, I'm excited to, to talk about these conference championship games. Yeah, it, it's fun. Just to everybody who doesn't know David, he was part of our prep football coverage for th- three years. Is that Was it three or four? It was three years, all with Tony D, uh, doing the play-by-play game of the week and then helping out with the state championship coverage, which I, I thoroughly missed doing the last couple of years. So so hopefully I can get back for that sooner rather than later. Yeah, and let's let's mention this again. And I mentioned it on my show. Um, had a, a conversation with Tommy Bosch about it. But you're in town, and we went to um, the, the funeral uh, for Tony D. The memorial service for Tony. Uh, Twenty years he was part of our WWL prep coverage today. And like you mentioned, David, you worked alongside Tony for three years, and it became. Real close with Tony, I know that. Yeah, it's weird that I only knew Tony for a little more than four years. And because it feels like he's been a part of my life for so long. And every time I think about a memory that's happened that's been recent or, you know, a, a very pivotal moment in my life, Tony's been there for that or been a part of it in some way. And so to have this happen to someone of that magnitude is, was really heartbreaking. But. To, to see his family and the service that we attended today was was really moving and, and really touching. And just to see the way that his family got to see a totally different side of him than we saw. All the stories they shared, I'd never heard. I didn't know that he was called AWD. Yeah. And that's what his family called him. To, I mean, to us, he's Tony D. He's the Iron Man. And, and love to sing. 
apparently, yeah, in yeah, the car. W- yeah, Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey. Uh, <laughs> Whitney Tony Houston, D- I think, Whitney right? Houston, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Tony D never sang for me. I don't know if he ever sang for you. In he the didn't. Year. No, no okay. this, was, this was a shocker to me. Yeah, which, I mean, we took countless car rides together. I mean, we did an hour and a half to Baton Rouge, and I just got an earful about how good Catholic High was, <laughs> which I no, already knew. No Mariah. Huh? <laughs> no, no Mariah. No Mariah. Uh, But it was beautiful services out there for Tony D uh, and um, his wife, uh, Mary Jo, and his daughters and granddaughters all out there. Just beautiful services. And I know uh, he'll be remembered here um, with WWL for a very long time, just uh, brothers and family to us all here. Uh, Let's begin our conversation around the Saints and the Rams here. And David, let me get into what I wrote here at WWL.com just a little bit ago, that the Saints against the Rams could be as simple as Breeze against Goff. And sometimes life isn't so complicated eating healthy and exercising still the easiest way to lose weight not the fad diets you see in all the ads <laughs> you got uh, d- giving drake a verse is still the easiest way to land a top 40 song you just put him on a verse you're gonna have a top 40 song handsome boys gets the prom queen life isn't always complicated i'll tell you football's not always complicated either we've spent countless hours on this show and countless words throughout the city and the country dissecting all sorts of this game, all angles of it, Saints against the Rams, crowd noise, injuries, rushing attacks, cornerbacks. In the NFL, often it comes down to who has the best quarterback. And this one, Drew Brees against Jared Goff. Goff certainly has been much better the last two years. He's still progressing under Sean McVay, but this matchup certainly favors the Saints. And here's a quick look at the last 10 NFC championships. And with a couple exceptions, the team with the best quarterback won the game in advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, Last year, of course, you had Nick Foles against Case Keenum. That history has already written itself. The Eagles and Foles, they were the better quarterback. They advanced. year before that, you had the MVP and Cam Newton beating an aging Carson Palmer in the twilight uh, of his career. Two years ago, that was in 2016. 2017, Matt Ryan defeating Aaron Rodgers. Say what you want, and historically, certainly Rodgers is going to be judged, I believe, as the better quarterback. That year, though, Matt Ryan was having one of the great seasons a quarterback has ever had. Well, Matt Uh, Ryan was the MVP that year i mean exactly matt ryan was the mvp that year so that year ryan was the better quarterback um other years in in 2014 you had russell wilson out doing colin kaepernick wilson was the better quarterback there eli manning over alex smith i think everybody agrees that year and historically uh, manning was the better quarterback aaron Rodgers defeating jay cutler in 2011 drew Brees defeating kind of a, a twilight of his career brett Favre in 2010 so almost without exception i say almost here the better quarterback is one the glaring exception here is 2015 when Rodgers who was MVP in that 2014-15 season lost the conference title game to Seattle in that noise to Russell Wilson. Wilson certainly I think is going to be Hall of Famer himself but that year Rodgers was the better quarterback. So here we are and we've talked about all angles of this David but probably just going to come down to Breeze against Scott. That's what I think. That's why I'm high on the Saints in this game. I agree and the matter of the fact is Jerry Goff has been somewhat pedestrian coming down the stretch into the postseason. Drew Brees has been anything but that. Drew Brees has played like the MVP caliber season we think he's going to have. Now, it could go to Patrick Mahomes, Jess Seasley, it could go to Drew Brees, but if you look at the way both those quarterbacks have played down the stretch and the fact that Drew Brees has never lost in the Superdome in the postseason, you have to ride with Brees. 
Yeah, ride with Breeze, indeed. Uh, the other championship game, which I know you're going to be watching closely, you were born up in the Boston area, is going to be, I just think, fantastic as well. you got Tom Brady, greatest, and we went over these stats, 24-4 and four in his career, cold-weather quarterback when it's under 30 degrees, 5-1 and one when it's under 20 degrees, supposed to be about 10 degrees there. It's Brady and the Patriots in Kansas City against your, well, who's going to be the MVP this year, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. That's going to be a fabulous quarterback matchup as well. It, it certainly is, and Patrick Mahomes is is having a season of the ages. When you look at the what he performed last year, and people said, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he could be good, he could not be good." Then he comes in and has an MVP season this year that people certainly didn't see coming. But it fits right into what the Chiefs are doing with the the dynamic offense they had with formerly Kareem Hunt, now Damian Williams, Tyree Kill. You know, you can go down the line, and, and the Chiefs are absolutely loaded. But they have to go up against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, in my opinion, and. I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Both these teams' defenses are lacking a little bit, and I think it's going to be who can score more points or whose defense can actually get a stop. Yeah, that may be a litmus test on this quarterback uh, theory of mine as well, because certainly historically, Tom Brady, I I agree, he's the greatest quarterback um, that's played this game this year, though. I think Patrick Mahomes has been the better quarterback. So if it's about this year, maybe it is Mahomes. Uh, We'll find out on Sunday after that Saints game. Uh, Here's a text from the 504. Yay, Seth. Uh, Yeah, yay me. I'm not sure why, (laughs) but uh, give me a cheer or two. I always love that. Here's our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. Who do you trust the most to win the game on Sunday? Drew Brees, Will Lutz, or the Saints defense? If you have to have one of these guys or areas of the Saints team Winning the game on Sunday, who do you trust most to win the game for the Saints on Sunday? Breeze, Lutz, or the Saints defense? You can log on to www.com or the radio.com app. Cast your vote there. Here's a text from the 504. Seth Phantom Texter here. If it comes down to New England in New or- uh, against New Orleans, it's going to be the boat versus the goat. Boat is that uh, the breeze of all time? I yes, don't know. That, that's what it is. That's 100 percent what it is. It is breeze of all time versus the greatest of all time. I actually would love to see that oh, yeah. Super Bowl matchup. That would be tremendous. Breeze and Brady have never met in the playoffs, obviously, because they never met in the Super Bowl. the The last two times they played each other have been epic games. Whatever, however, they were decided, and now they're both even. I mean, Breeze is arguably in the more prime of his career than Brady is. Brady's, you know on the decline, quote-unquote. He's still playing at an incredible level. But to have that matchup at this point in their careers would be unreal. Yeah, it's a little interesting that you have never seen Brady against Rodgers or Brady against Breeze, the, you know, the two best NFC quarterbacks of this generation, uh, against him in the Super Bowl. A little interesting there. I wouldn't mind seeing that, David, either. Here's a text from the 985. The future versus the future Hall of Famer. That, would, of course, would be Mahomes, the future against the future Hall of Famer. Uh, well, I guess you could do both of these games. Goff, maybe the future against the future Hall of Famer here, and, of course, Mahomes against uh, Tom Brady. Well, I mean, you look at both, you know, Breeze and Brady are future Hall of Famers. That's that's a given. And you look if Patrick Mahomes continues to have the season he's having and if Jared Goff continues to perform at the high level he is in Los Angeles, that's certainly not out of the question. I'm not sure you can call Patrick Mahomes, you know, the future yet. One it's year, been right? one mm-hmm. year, one full season. Yes, you can go back in the history books and, and look at the incredible rookie years and, and quarterbacks that run rookie of the year and then petered out. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens in Major League Baseball. It happens in the NFL. It happens in the NBA. First-round draft picks or high-quality rookies don't always pan out. Not saying that's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes, but let's not throw the future term on him just yet. Yeah, uh, here's a text from the 281. Breeze is the MVP, that from Tim. Uh, you can think that, Tim, um, but it's not going to happen. No, Patrick Mahomes not. is going to win this MVP yep, award. Was oh, it 40, uh, 46 out of 50? 
AP voters voted uh, Mahomes basically player of the year in their vote. So and that was kind of a, a preceding of what you're going to see when you get the NFL awards coming up in a couple of weeks. Right. And Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP far and away. It's, it's not a question. While Drew Brees has played incredibly well, Patrick Mahomes should win the MVP and will. Now, the question is, if the Chiefs do make it to the Super Bowl, will the MVP curse hurt <laughs> him again? Because yeah, last year, Tom Brady won mm-hmm. the MVP. Mm-hmm. He lost the Super Bowl. The year before that, Matt Ryan won the MVP, lost the Super Bowl. You can go further and further along and and see that track record. It is a quote-unquote curse, just like the Madden curse, just like anything else. Will that affect him? Yeah, SI curse, Madden curse, lots of curses out here, MVP curse. And I guess you could look at through that lens, maybe Drew Brees dodged that proverbial bullet. I think so. Yeah, he's David Kahn in studio today. Uh, glad to have him in. Uh, your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870 coming up, and you're going to want to sound off on this. Boy, the uh, Rams given lots of bulletin board material, not only to the Saints, but also to you, Saints fans. Did you hear this from Robert Woods today? Here's the Rams wide receiver as we go to break, saying the crowd noise not going to be a factor at all. What? We'll talk about this next. Here's Robert Woods. Again, my commentary tonight online at www.com. Could the Saints versus Rams be as simple as Breeze versus Goff? You can find that online at www.com, the radio.com app. Seth Dunlap here, Tim Zimmer behind the glass, and David Wrath of Khan on the far side in studio today for the first couple of hours. And, and David, the run games, and certainly the Rams run game in particular, has been front and center this week. They are going old school. And I'll give credit to Doug Mouton at WWL-TV laying this out perfectly on his newscast about an hour ago that the Rams in the past three games, four games are rushing 44 times per game. That undefeated Miami Dolphins team, what, 35 or 40 years ago, they also ran 44 times per game. So this is old-school football, and once they lost Cooper Cup, they've turned to that run game, not just against the Cowboys, but really down the stretch of the regular season also. Well, that was the thing that surprised me so much when they beat the Cowboys 30-22 to was the how much they used the run game. C.J. Anderson, which, where has he been? I mean, we haven't heard from him since— In the buffet line, that's where he's been. <laughs> we haven't heard from him since his Denver Bronco days, and that's back even when the Broncos bat- last made the Super Bowl in 13-15. In and 15. So you look at Anderson, 23 carries, 123 yards, and two touchdowns last week he outgains and outscores Todd Gurley if you think that in a divisional round game no one would have called that no uh, the only thing Tim did call he you called uh, who was it Sony Michelle you called his three touchdowns or you had him in your fantasy like postseason you're such a degenerate Tim you had postseason fantasy football and apparently you won is that right yeah, I was the only one in my league to play Sony Michelle over the weekend. I figured that James White would be involved, but those touchdowns, they were going to go to somebody, and that was going to be Michelle. Yeah, by the way, I like the Pell shirt tonight. Very appropriate. Pelicans playing tonight. Big game for one, them. Uh, one news thing, um, C.J. Anderson did make weight for the game on Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, do, do, what's his official weight? Like what's his official weight? No way. There is zero chance that C.J. Anderson is 238 pounds. Add about 40 to that, and I think you're in the ballpark. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's not greater than 250, then the way scales in NFL locker rooms are, are not working properly, and we need maintenance yeah. to get in there immediately. Yeah, no doubt. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll, who do you trust most to win this game on Sunday? Drew Brees, Will Lutz, or the Saints defense? You can cash your vote at www.com. On to your phone calls now at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Line those calls up. We'll start it off with Miss Carol in Houston. Miss Carol, what's going on? Miss Carol. 
Are you there? No, she's not. We tried it, Miss Carroll. Gave you a shot here. Here's a text from the 985. Do you think we will see more of Taysom Hill in this game, David? I certainly do. I mean, you saw the way they were able to utilize him last week. He was taking, you know, taking uh, taking snaps on the shotgun, taking snaps under center. He was he was spread out wide. He was involved in the special teams game. Why not? He's just an extra dimension that Sean Payton has in this offense that you can't really predict where they're going to put him because he's able to be utilized in so many different roles. So why not use him? Why not, you know, throw in some wrinkles and throw in some different plays? I mean, you saw Philly do it last year and they won the Super Bowl. So why not? You know, one thing that I know Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael have held here. We saw the three quarterback set with Bridgewater Hill and Breeze on the field one time this season I know that they have at least two or three looks out of that package that they're holding on to we might see that this week we might see in some weird situation here where they go those three quarterbacks and and do something really unexpected here just just a little bug in people's ears out there so there's two scenarios where I think that could happen one it's the old Sean Payton doing the onside kick in the second half to start off the game scenario Mm -hmm. where you don't expect it no one has any idea that it's coming and all of a sudden he he throws it out there two you get in this scenario like last week. The Saints fall behind 14-0, have an atrocious first quarter, and need a spark to come back with the with the way the crowd's going to be at the Dome on Sunday. You run a play like that. If it works, you have momentum again instantly. It doesn't matter if you're down two scores. That play successfully changes the momentum in the game in an instant. Yeah, look at uh, Taysom Hill. He provided that spark last week against Philadelphia with the fake punt run. Uh, incredible job by the NFL Network and, and Will Blackman, a 12-year cornerback in the NFL, breaking it down, and I retweeted this at Seth Dunlap. I think it was last night or early this morning when I retweeted it, breaking down how the Saints saw a hole in film and an area they could take advantage of. Even though the Eagles were in punt safe on that play, Fletcher Cox... When he'd been in punt safe before, he wasn't playing. He was just standing up, kind of standing there. What did the Saints do? They saw punt safe, and they say, this is what we actually wanted, oddly. And they ran right at Fletcher Cox. <laughs> it was kind of incredible here. It's kind of incredible here. Uh, here's a text from the 281, Saints 37, Rams 24. High-scoring game there from the 281. I'm not expecting a high-scoring game, but heck, these two teams – Put up a lot of points the first time they played. Saints 42, Rams 35. 504-260-1870. That's the number if you want to hop on in. Seth Dunlap, David Kahn, Tim Zimmer here on the last lap. We will have a special conference championship edition of Sports Libs coming up here at 845. Scott Shanley joining the show at 920. Brian Baldinger will replay his interview with Deuce and Zach at 1010 tonight. Tomorrow, just remember, Saints fan, you can join Bobby Aber, Deuce McAllister, and myself for a special edition of Sports Talk, our Houdat Pep Rally, live from Rouse's on Vets and Causeway in Metairie from noon to 3. I can't wait for the show. Uh, again, noon to three tomorrow. You can come out in your black and gold. Give us your predictions. Get autographs. Talk to Bobby and Deuce, and just come hang out. A lot of people on the North Shore last week. We expect a lot of people there, so get there early. We'll have seating. You can stay and hang out for the entire show. Again, noon to three tomorrow. Bobby Abear, Deuce McAllister, and myself out at Rouse's in Metairie at Vets and Causeway for a special edition of Sports Talk Saints Pep Rally edition here's a text from the 985 i hope the whole team wins this game no one on that field plays by himself text from the 504 would love the battle of the coaches either afc coach versus sean would be amazing that text from uh, justice and and yeah the the coaches here uh, i think four of the best five coaches in football are 
in these games on Sunday. It's kind of incredible among all the other storylines, David. Fifth would be Pete Carroll. I would out, out, yep. out, of, out of those out of those other four, but I, I completely agree. I mean, what Sean McVay has done coming in with Los Angeles after they, you know, came there from St. Louis, looked at as kind of a, a a black mark on that franchise and on that team, and then Sean McVay comes in, turns everything around, brings in a high profile quarterback in Jared Goff. Todd Gurley becomes a superstar. Everything he's done is incredible, but. Sean Payton has proven himself. Bill Belichick has proven himself. Andy Reid has proven himself. All three of them as head coaches. And Sean McVay's well on his way to reaching that upper echelon of head coaches. I think it's as he stays in the league and, and continues to have successful seasons wherever he is and wherever he may end up being. But that's another wrinkle to this game that you have to look at. You you know you look at all the records of these guys against one another. Belichick against Andy Reid. They're three and three all time. They haven't played that much now. Belichick has the playoff edge, but again, that's history. This game is totally different, and we talked about this before the show. Everyone brings up all these records about all time against each other. Yeah, that matters. I mean, it's great that Drew Brees has never lost a playoff game in the Superdome, but that's previous seasons. That's mm-hmm. previous years. This is about this game and this season. You focus on this year's numbers, this year's team versus anything else. Yeah, it's it's a good point here. Throw those records out the window when you get between the lines on Sunday. I have a texture from the 985 that has asked a couple of times, what do you think about the Rams arriving tomorrow between 2 and 3 p.m. here local time? Uh, look, that they're going to do what they think is best and try to keep um, their routine on a weekly basis the same. Now, different teams, different coaching staffs have different philosophies on that, but if you're the Rams and Sean McVay, you do what's worked for you the last two years since you were named head coach. You do, but you only have to look back one week to see why that didn't work. The Los Angeles Chargers, when they beat the Ravens in Baltimore, they had the choice to stay on the East Coast, not go back to Los Angeles, and lose the time change and all that stuff. And then they come back, and they acted like they were playing at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, oh, I was talking to Tim behind the glass. He wants me to... uh... Tim, you get you, no. He says no. He t- uh, just a little behind the glass here, David. You were confused. Uh, Tim typed something in our producer uh, host chat here that I don't really want to say. What's so what's up, Tim? Yeah, we can't if, mention that. If you go on message boards, um, you can find some inside info on where the Rams are staying in New Orleans. It won't be downtown. Is all I'm going to say. Okay, there you go. Yeah, well, but I don't, I don't think that's Street. Too much I, I don't think that matters. Honestly, I mean, they're here to play a conference championship game. I, I don't think that's going to be a factor. The factor that I think is is the time change. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think it affected the Chargers last week. I mean, people can say, "Oh no, the Patriots were the better team." Yes, they were. That's blatantly obvious based on how the game went. But. The Chargers had the opportunity to stay the week on the East Coast, stay adjusted to the time change, and my dad brought this up to me when we were talking about the game last week. Mm-hmm. If the Chargers stay and, and don't have to fly back and fly forward, you know, jet lag is real. Just because they're pro football players and they do it because they travel all the time doesn't mean they're them, used it? to it. Yeah. Right, and I think it might catch up with the Rams, too. They're only you know going to have 24 hours to adjust. We'll see. We will see. I will say Jared Goff has played pretty well in this building. He struggled on the road, but not really in this building. Let's go to the phone lines at 504-260-1870. Joe in Mandeville. Welcome to the show, Joe. Oh, Contreras. Where are y'all getting that the quarterback's going to make the difference? Have you seen the stats here for the last five games for Drew? Five touchdowns and four interceptions. If you go back as far as the Dallas game, it's six touchdowns and five interceptions. Okay, have you seen okay. Jared Goff's stretch, uh, stats in that same stretch? He's got six have, touchdowns, six interceptions, and seven fumbles here. So even if you're going the last five games and you want to say Drew hasn't played well, well, Jared Goff's played worse, Joe. Yeah, so where's the quarterback going to be a factor in it? I think it's in the Are you saying – oh, hold on here, Joe. Joe, I want you on record here. You're saying that you trust Jared Goff more in this spot in this game than Drew Brees. 
I'm looking at touchdowns and interceptions, and there's not a whole lot different. Joe, you're not answering my question, Joe. Who do you trust more in this spot? I do trust Drew more. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) all right. But But, but why? Why? Let me back it up. All right. Back it up. Cohen said he was tearing it up. I didn't say that. He's been rather pedestrian in the last five, six games. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. You no, Joe, that's more than fair. We talked about that here. Um, it kind of coincided with the loss of some offensive linemen, the injuries there with Tron Armstead and the banged up Andres Pete. Um, but I'm glad you were uh, level-headed enough to admit the obvious here that you trust uh, Drew Brees more than Jared Goff in this spot, Joe. Yeah, and if you look at the the numbers, if they're both pedestrian, then you look at who has the more playoff experience, who's been more clutch. Yes, Drew Brees has been in the league longer than Jared Goff, but guess what? That matters. Yeah, even this season, you're talking about Drew Brees' uh, career highs and, and completion percentage, 74.4. That's a new NFL record, breaking his record from last year. Career high in quarterback efficiency rating at 115.7, and he's going to finish second in the MVP balloting. Jared Goff is not. Nope. Drew Brees, even this year, has been the better quarterback from start to finish. Thanks for the call, Joe. Let's go to Ryan in Mandeville. Welcome into the show, Ryan. Yes, I want to make two points. Uh, first one thing, I think that Cam Jordan might actually play inside a little bit. To, uh, Sunday, maybe play tackle and have the two defense ends over for Davenport play a lot more. Uh, and then second thing I would like to say is, if we're you know fortunate enough to win this game, I would rather play New England for a couple of reasons. The first one being is it's probably going to save me a thousand dollars for ticket prices. <laughs> yeah. And the second, the second reason is if Drew Brees' resume says this, and we're blessed to have it if it does, that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning is the two quarterbacks that he beat in the Super Bowl. They cannot deny him a seat at the table compared if they play Mahomes. And you know how the national media always makes excuses why Brees is not good. They'll say. Well, he technically beat a quarterback who's essentially a rookie and beat a coach who never won a big game. So that's why I'd rather play Tom Brady. Okay, I like it. Well, look, I, I'm with you on the the Brady matchup. Um, now, I will say this. New England would scare me a lot more in a Super Bowl than Kansas City, but I think a lot of fans are kind of with you here. The culmination of those two careers in a, in a title game that we've never seen before matchup between the two quarterbacks. Well, yeah, but Seth, here's why New England scares you. They've won so many. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't lose in Super Bowls. Now – if you look at the teams on paper this year, Kansas City is the scarier team. Honestly, they're more well they're more well developed on offense. They have they have more options on offense. Now, their defense is not very good. Then again, neither is New England's. You look back at the Super Bowl winning teams recency excluded the in the early 2000s, they not only had a dynamic offense, their defense was incredible. I mean, you you look at back at like Ty Law's interception in the in the early 2000s seasons on that way to that Super Bowl. And that's a game changer. You look at the way Teddy Bruschi played, Mike Vrabel. I mean, all those guys, that was the dominant Patriots team. Now you have a Patriots team that just outscores everybody. So I think Kansas City is the scarier threat. Interesting. Not to me. I just – Patriots and Drew Brees scare little daylights out of me. Uh, Patriots and Tom Brady, rather, would scare the daylights out of me in a in a Super Bowl. Just because they, you know, they've been there so much. Number I, they, nine. They That'd be number nine. I, I, it would be, and it could possibly be ring number six for, for Brady if he gets there, but who knows. All right, we will take a break. When we come back, sports libs time. David Kahn and I will go back and forth. MC Tim Zimmer here, conference championship style. Also, more of your calls at area code 504-260-1870. It's 504-260-1870. Text line 870-870, and this is the last lap on WWL. 
With the game on the line, who do you trust to win the game for the Saints? That's our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. Drew Brees, Will Lutz, or the Saints defense? 76% saying Drew Brees right now. 24% saying the Saints defense. 0% saying Will Lutz. That's interesting. Maybe because of the Mm. miss last week against the Eagles that would have become a massive storyline if the Saints had lost that game. Welcome back to the show. Seth Dunlap, David Constant, and across from me, uh, voice of the West Virginia Power, a single-A uh, baseball affiliate, a former um, prep football reporter and, and play-by-play guy here at WWL. He's back in town. Uh, glad to have him alongside. And MC Tim Zim behind the glass. And it is time for our Friday Sports Libs edition here conference championship style tim welcome on into the show what you got for us today all right let me put some music on yeah please do i always like music behind these segments give me out oh, yeah nfl films there we go all right, all right. first perfect. question the mvp of the nfc championship will be blank oh that's a good one wow i don't want to like default to drew Brees. that's you, too you easy can't. no i won't i will Taysom hill you're going to go Taysom Hill for a Super Bowl MVP, you said, Tim. It's You're going to place problem. a bet. Yeah. I'm going to go Taysom Hill, MVP of this game, because he'll have not one, but two touchdowns in this game. One rushing, one passing, two touchdowns for Taysom Hill. Wins MVP of the NFC title game. That was totally a riff. Disagree. Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> of course 100%. you do. Okay, who's the MVP? 100% disagree. As long as you don't say Jared Goff, you're okay. No, 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 no. I think it's Alvin Kamara. I think I think Alvin Kamara has has one heck of a game. I think the Saints need to be balanced on run and pass to win this game. I don't think that they can fall behind 14 nothing like they did against the Eagles last week and have Drew Brees just you know carry them back to victory. They need to come out, start strong, reduce the penalties. They need to get the run game going early so that Drew Brees can carry them late. But I think Alvin Kamara is the MVP. He scores twice, and that's it. Yeah, I actually, that's what I said yesterday uh, when I was doing. Um, a television show with Eric Asher, I said uh, Alvin Kamara's the key. But I wanted to go a little different here today. So, All right, All question right. number two. The MVP of the AFC Championship will be blank. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I will go the easy one there. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, outside of Tom Brady and his cold weather and obviously a team that has just been there, what, eight straight times, so they know how to prepare for this moment. Everything else favors the Chiefs, including their defense that's only allowing, what, like 14 points a game at home this season. It's kind of incredible, the disparity there. Patrick Mahomes has his moment. He will shine. Patrick Mahomes, AFC MVP. All right, I'm going with the Patriots. What a surprise there. Yeah. And uh, James White is my oh. MVP. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, James White was undershadowed last week when the Sony Michelle game of his NFL career happened and he scored three times. Good job Tim Zimmer, you know, making that pick. But James White caught 15 passes last week. That's a playoff record. I think he continues his success. I think everyone keys on Sony Michelle. James White is wide open. Scores at least twice, ah. and he's the MVP. Okay. Hey, Vegas hasn't learned. James White's over under for catches this week, five and a half. That's, uh, uh, over. I'll take the over, and I'll, and I'll take everything on that. If it's playoff time, it's I'll bet James my life White savings. <laughs> I will bet is. my life savings on the wow, over. Okay. So, yeah, James White, over if you're in, in, in a casino this weekend. Question number three, Taysom Hill will throw blank many passes on Sunday. One and only one, but that one will be a touchdown, so I stay consistent here with his throwing a touchdown pass. He will throw one pass. That one pass will be a touchdown. 
part of his two-touchdown day on Sunday. Yeah, set the over-under at a half, and I'll take the over with one as well. I, I, I think they're going to run that one play. You might see the three-quarterback set with him, Bridgewater, and Breeze. I don't know if it's going to happen, but one pass for him. All right, question number four. Blank will be the NFL quarterback who throws the most interceptions on Sunday. Mm. That is a great question. Mm. Jared Goff. I'm yeah. going to say Jared Goff here in the noise when he's not able to hear Sean McVay's, uh, how should we say, a help in his headset <laughs> under 15 seconds. I, I'm, I'm really not somebody that just basses on Jared Goff and just going to call him a complete system quarterback. He's obviously improved a ton. Yes, a lot is due to Sean McVay, but he's still a young guy. Remember, you know this. There's lots to talk about Tom Brady being a system quarterback his third yep. year in, even though he'd won a couple of Super Bowls at that yep. point. So I'm not necessarily just going to say he's always going to be a system quarterback. He's still developing, but clearly – clearly he is the inferior quarterback to the other three in the conference title games it's golf and for one simple reason out of the four defenses remaining i think the saints collectively have the best defense of the four teams left That's yeah, no doubt no doubt about it yep. dvoa would agree with you there i think golf's the easy answer if the sneaky answer here i think it could be uh, patrick mahomes in case the patriots do show up and they're the patriots that we thought they were all you know not all season but in playoff patriots you could see mahomes potentially having a bad game he does only if he tries to throw deep. The Patriots, historically, and yes, I just trashed history a couple segments ago, but historically, when quarterbacks throw deep against New England, they are more likely to throw a pick. I, you know, the, the actual sneaky answer to that question, uh, plug your ears here, uh, it might be actually Drew Brees, who's throwing, I think, what is it, five interceptions in his last six ball games. So I uh, hope that's not the answer to that question, but it could be. His ratios in the playoffs at home are pretty good. I think it's 14-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final question, Blank will be the biggest X factor in either championship game on Sunday. Say it again, Blank will be the X factor? Biggest X factor. Uh, kicking game. In either championship game, it, either bo- game, both games are going to be the kicking game. Absolutely. You have Goskowski, who's used to kicking in cold weather, used to kicking outdoors. Butker's been very good this year. That's in the AFC title game. In the NFC title game, you have uh, Legatron himself, Greg the Leg, who can kick one from 65-plus if he needs to in the right moment here in the Superdome against Will Lutz, who just missed that 50-plus yarder last week. I think it is the kicking game, and moments like this is massive. And to be honest, I'm surprised we haven't seen more articles written about it, more segments done about it, because I think that is going to be huge. You're partially right, but it's because of the bend-but-don't-break defense. I think whichever team poses the more dominant bend-but-don't-break defense, which in past years has been New England versus Kansas City. New England hasn't been that way this year. They're, they're letting up a lot of red zone scoring lately. I mean, last week, 100% for the Chargers in the red zone. That's concerning. But I think it's the bend-but-don't-break defense, which then leads to the kicking game. If the kicking game can be successful and continue to convert mm. those, which you talk about Steven Guskowski, good in cold weather, he's missed a lot this year. So, yeah, not the same Goskowski. It's no, interesting. He has not been. So Couple that's extra certainly going to be an, interest, an interesting fact. Yeah, he never used to miss extra points. He missed one in the Super Bowl last year, which was he right. Missed one a couple he weeks did, ago. and he missed a field goal. And and you look at Chris Boswell. I mean, God, he was one of the greatest kickers you know you ever thought you saw. And then this year, like he could get cut. Yeah, it's mental, mental, mental. What about you, Tim? I think the AFC Championship is going to come down to special teams. Whether the you know the Patriots, they always key on special teams, and I think with Tyreek Hill being back there for punt returns for the Chiefs, I think I think if the Patriots take him away, his one opportunity to do you know big things in that game is going to be special teams. Don't forget about Cordero Patterson though. The Patriots literally got him for special teams. Yeah, he's a, yes, he's a good player. Too. They did. I wonder if that answer might not be Marcus Davenport. Speaking of guys, they got for this moment. The Saints traded up to draft him. For this moment, against the Rams in an NFC title game, 
He's got to be big. He's got to provide a pass rush and push the pocket here. That's Sports Libs. Thanks, Tim Zimmer and David Kahn. When we come back, got us a couple of texts to read and your phone calls at 504-260-1870 as we get ready for conference championship weekend here on The Last Lap. Here's a text from the 985, paraphrasing here because there's a couple of texts, but he wants to know, will Cam Jordan move inside during pass rush situations, put uh, Alex Okafor and Marcus Davenport on the outside? I've, I've heard discussion of that. Um, I'm not sure. Cam Jordan is just a terror on the outside. I don't know if you move your best player off that edge. He's better on the outside than he is the inside, not that he can't play on the inside. Um, to be honest, I just wonder if Alex Okafor wouldn't be the guy that rotates inside there and not cam jordan but to be honest i don't know uh, there are some people that suspect that what you suggest there will happen if it ain't broke why fix it i mean cam jordan has been so dominant this year on the outside as an edge rusher you know why not or why move him yeah. I, I, th I think he's going to create a lot of problems for jared goff yes the rams offensive line has been relatively good but i still think they haven't faced a caliber of cam jordan that much this season no, um, Marcus Davenport just has to be big. Uh, he's yeah. been an almost a non-factor here since he's returned from injury. I get it. I'm not bashing the kid. I'm not saying he's not going to have a productive career. I'm just calling it like it is here. Since he's returned from that injury, he has been a non-factor here, and he's got to be, in my mind, a factor in some capacity here. And if the Saints make a, a Super Bowl there as well, again, that is why that kid was drafted. That is why he was brought in here. Uh, this would be uh, now this time of season. He's not really a rookie anymore. No. right he's just not so you can't call him a rookie he's in the playoffs i mean the playoffs are a whole new season and people can argue and say well it's the same you know calendar year quote unquote for the 2018-19 season no the the playoffs are a whole different animal once you get through your first nfl regular season your rookie title is gone here's a text from the 504 saints injuries have really gotten me concerned five or six plays either out or hurt well ben watson according to reports the saints tight end he will miss sunday's game due to appendicitis not having surgery but he will be out for sunday so that means josh hill dan arnold and garrett griffin will take over the duties there and look Ben Watson's had a great career. Hasn't really been a huge factor this year. No. Um, so that's probably an area, not that you obviously wouldn't like to have him in this game compared to uh, the other guys I just mentioned, but uh, not a, a tremendous loss for this team. We'll take a break right now. We're going live on Facebook, WWO Radio Facebook page. We'll talk about the X factors of the Saints-Rams game on Sunday. David Kahn and I, again, WWO Radio Facebook page. Next hour, Scott Shanley comes into the program. And, of course, the Saints don't want to let Jared Goff have his Tom Brady moment. We'll explain that. Two-minute drill trivia. Also, David will face off against me. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 